Hello and welcome to this week's Inside OSU podcast. I'm Julia Binbrook. Former Walt Disney World Vice President Dan Cockrell was responsible for leading more than 12,000 cast members to entertain more than 20 million guests annually. Dan was the featured speaker at the Tulsa Business Forums and the Executive Management Briefings in Oklahoma City. Both events are put on by the Spears School of Business. I had the chance to talk with him about how businesses can create a culture like you find at Disney and what he learned after 26 years of working there. Yeah, well, Walt Disney, if you go way back, he was an animator. And as he became more successful as an animator, he concluded that he wanted to create a place for families to visit that would be clean, be safe, family entertainment, and that was sort of the birth of Disney, uh, Disneyland and the theme park that hadn't existed up until then. And so uh, he got the funding for that and created this place that no one had ever know, known before and it was to immerse people in uh, the imagination, to escape reality. And once again, he opened that in 1955. And I think that same spirit keeps going in our company, uh, entertaining people and creating immersive opportunities for them to spend time together and be entertained. And we'll kind of step through your career a little sure. bit, but when you started out with Disney, you were in college right. and you were studying with, for a political science degree. That's right. And then got on with Disney with the Disney College program. So what inspired yeah. that, that jump from poli-sci to... Yeah, well, I think the poli-sci was probably a, a, it was a, 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 as good a liberal arts major as any other liberal arts major, so poli-sci was it. I had no idea why I wanted to do it. I was interested in learning about that, but I'd always been in leadership roles, playing sports. I had uh, grown up working, and uh, um, when I was in college, I waited tables. Uh, I worked for Disney on the Walt Disney World College program. We have uh, any given time 12,000 students at Walt Disney World working, uh, studying. We, we do college credits for uh, hospitality majors, and there's a living component to that. So it's, uh, it's a great way for us to get really talented, energetic people to work there on a temporary basis and it's great for marketing they can go back and spread the word about how great a company it was so I did that for a summer and then uh, next two years I worked in an investment bank and realized I did not want to do that sometimes the jobs that you do that you don't want to do are great learning so those are the best ones and then when I graduated I had no plan still and I just decided to join Disney again so I headed back to Orlando and uh, started parking cars at Epcot and this is a very common story for the executives at the Walt Disney Company. You start on the front line, it's very important to us that our managers and executives understand what the front line experience is like with the guests, because that's where all the value is created. And so I uh, started there, I did that for six months, and then I was lucky enough to go to Disneyland Paris to open that park as a management trainee. So I went over with an 18-month visa to open the park. Uh, I got there in January of 92, and we opened the park in April of 92. So I was a bit there about three months before. And we opened the gates on April 12th, 92, and it was just an adventure. I mean, it was, I've never seen, we worked hard, and every opening is like that. It's like the paint's still drying when people are coming in the front gate. But uh, opened the park, and we had lots of challenges, cultural challenges, business challenges, and uh, the, 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 the subplot here was I met this girl, and uh, she, I met her in Florida, and uh, my wife now for 27 years, and she's from France. So we kind of came to an agreement that I needed to get, we needed to get married pretty quickly so I could stay. And I got my green card there. And we stayed there for five years and worked in the uh, park. She was in retail, I was in operations, and our son was born over there. And then we moved back to Walt Disney World in 1997. 
And up until May 18th, I worked for Disney for 22 years, and then we took a leap to become entrepreneurs and start our own company, and we do leadership workshops and consulting and uh, keynote speeches and all that kind of thing. But really using the, the 26 years of the formative experiences I got of how you run a company, how you focus on results, how you focus on leadership behaviors, and how you hold people accountable to both those things. Great, create a great culture and deliver the business results, which is why, you know, why we're in business. So when you're looking for employees at a place like Disney where it's just magical and happy and you're supposed to create that environment, yeah. what do you look for in the people that work there? That is a great question because if you can't get the right people on your team, you will never reach your goal. And this is probably one of the most important things you can do in a company is selection. Uh, and it, it's not about, we talk about getting great people. We want to get great people, but we want to get right fit people. Uh, there's some people that can really flourish in certain environments, in other environments they can't. And so at Disney, we're looking for people when we interview them, uh, we want to know what they do on their weekends. What do they do in their off time? We want people that are uh, extroverted. We want people that have a lot of stamina, a lot of energy. Uh, we want people that enjoy working on teams. And I think in the world today, if you don't enjoy working on a team, that can be problematic. I mean, there's professions you don't need to, but that this personal interaction with people is extremely important. And so that's how we use our criteria. And above all, we look for attitude. We want people with fantastic attitudes that can overcome, can problem solve, uh, are internally driven to really be great at what they do. And once again, if you can find those kind of people, uh, everything becomes so much easier to deliver, whatever business you're in. And especially for some of our students that are watching this, what's your piece of advice? What was it that you think helped you rise to the top of such a big company? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just hard work and discipline. There's some luck there, because being in the right place at the right time when uh, opportunities come is, is part of how it works. But um, I think I'm just, I'm a huge advocate of experiences. I had 19 different jobs at Disney. Uh, my wife and I, I travel whenever we can. I'm always interested to read books about new things and just be curious. And I think uh, what I found is the jobs I've been in sometimes I really didn't enjoy. I did them for a year and I moved on to the next job and then the next job. And that's the value of experience. You don't know how valuable it is till you have it. And then once you have it, so many things get easier because you've been there before. You've dealt with certain situations before and uh, it helps you long term. And I think when you have lots of ex diverse experiences, uh, we don't know what the future holds. What jobs are going to be important in the future, we don't know. But I do know people are going to have to adapt and they're going to have to learn. And if you keep traveling, you keep uh, changing jobs and learning new things, you will have a mindset that you're adaptable. And if you can do that, that you can, you'll, you'll be successful. And then getting into hospitality in the first place, kind of a family thing. Mm -hmm. Did that inspire you at all, your dad working with Marriott to step into this? Yeah, I mean, I grew up, we moved. Every year we were moving someplace else, and he was opening a new hotel. And uh, so I was in that environment. I mean, I think when I was six years old, I knew how to call room service. Like, I, I learned all this stuff. And it was an exciting place to be. And I've learned, I, I really like being with people. Um, I'm a big component of uh, a tool of Strength Finders by the Gallup organization. And anyone who's watching this video, I'd highly recommend uh, Strength Finders 2.0. Buy the book, take the online assessment, 
and it's uh, it's similar to uh, Myers-Briggs or DISC or those other personality assessments and it really helps you identify what your talents are and what your passions are and if you answer it correctly you shouldn't be surprised by it when you read those you go yep out of these 34 talents these are the five that I really enjoy and when I did the strength finders uh, most of the things that I'm passionate and talented on is being with people interacting with people developing people uh, bringing a sense of positivity and so for me, you know, I get energy from being with people and hospitality if that's the place to be because you're out there all the time with a service mindset, how to create great experiences for them. And, uh, you know, jobs, you, you do them for money, you do them to make a living, but if you can be in a job for a long time and see, still be inspired by what you're doing, that's a pretty powerful thing. And some people search for that. There's certainly some people in the world should not be in hospitality. They're not bad people. They're just, it's not the right fit. They should be in a place that they're gonna to get to use their passions and their talents to be successful. And I've heard you say that in, in some elements of people that you were managing, they knew more than you about whatever that specific thing was they were doing. Yes. So how do you manage but not micromanage and, and keep everything in control? Yeah, that is a lifelong learning because um, especially when you've done a lot of these jobs, you want to get into the technical information because you have that information. But your general managers, the people who are running the business, want to be independent and they want to do what they do. And so the big learning I had when I became uh, an executive at Disney was focus less on the how and more on the what. Um, when, you're, when you're focusing on the how, you're in operations. How do we move this faster? How do we make this better? Uh, how do we leverage our labor? There's, it's always problem solving. And when you get to a certain level in an organization, you need to step back from the what, let your experts do what they do, and make sure you're, you're, you're giving them direction on what they should be focusing on. Because a lot of times, we get so busy and we get our heads down, we, we forget about why we're working on certain things. And it turns out they're not value-added activities. We may be really happy at the end, oh, we did a great job, but then you look around and you say, well, nobody cares. The guest doesn't care, the employees don't care. So you really gotta figure out and, and, and use your time wisely. Are you doing things that are important? Are you doing things that are really gonna add value? And there, there's a time and place for hobbies and, do, and get involved in things that maybe don't have as much value, but um, it's, you know, time is so limited today. You have to really focus on uh, where you're going to spend the best time, not only with, at work, but I think with your family, and just be, being very purposeful about how you spend your time. Because uh, that's the, the thing we all have, and it's, it's uh, something that goes by very quickly. And at Disney, it's all about the details. I, yeah. I remember when I was little, I think probably about six, going to Disney for the first time, being really tired, you know, had gone to the Prince Cinderella's castle, had breakfast, had the best day, but my favorite thing was the trash can that talked to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were details everywhere. Do you ever get overwhelmed with the, the amount of little things there are to bring magic to the experience? Yeah. Well, if you work in any industry, hospitality or you're an engineer, whatever it is, you become very detail-oriented, very an expert in that area. And so when you're in hospitality, you automatically, if someone in hospitality walks into a hotel, they scan, you can tell quickly, what are the lines like, how's the front desk set up, they have a seating area, I mean, you have all these checklists in your mind, you're looking, and at Disney, you learn about those details, you learn to look for details. Um, you're, you're listening, is the background music on? You know, that's part of the, the, the atmosphere. Um, if I walk down Main Street, I don't smell the cotton candy or the confectionery, I know that's I'm supposed to have that smell coming across. Uh, is everything painted and clean? Is, is things flowing how they should? And once again, when you spend so much time in that environment, the detail becomes pretty obvious to you, like any other expert does. And uh, I think that's a differentiator. You know, a lot of people ask sometimes, 
Why so much detail? People don't always notice those details. Well, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't, but the fact that our, our employees and our cast know that we are so focused on the details and really getting to be this world-class experience, it makes them proud and it steps up their game also. And they like being held accountable. And, and when you have great people, great performers love being held accountable because they love what they do. And so I just think it helps everybody. And that attention to detail is something, it's a differentiator for us. It's something that makes us different from a lot of other companies, and that's why people keep coming back. And, and after you've worked there, seen all the behind the scenes, all the work that goes into it, is it still the most magical place to you? Well, it is at times, and other times uh, I'd get home from work and my wife would say, hey, Dan, did you have a magical day? <laughs> I'd say, I need a cold beer immediately. <laughs> so, you know, like every job, uh, you have ups and downs, and you have balance and not balance, and, you know, there's stressful times and there's great times. And, uh, but it, it was, I think the biggest thing was it was such an inspirational place to work because of the people. Every day you're coming in and doing, and I always reminded our cast members, we are doing things here that no one in the world does every day. No one in the world has 60,000 people show up every morning and go through the complexity of the operation that we're putting on at the level that we're doing it. And uh, once again, you, when you run an operation like that, you attract people who like that kind of pressure and have that kind of stamina, and it becomes this team effort. And so, yeah, there's days where um, I said, you know, I love my job, and there's some days I went home and said, I do not like working here. And it's like I said, it's, it's a career, and it's, you just gotta keep positive and keep moving forward. And then let's talk about what you're doing now, your consulting business that you and your wife both right. run and manage. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the objective there and what you hope people take away from you all. Yeah, so we realized, uh, we had a conversation a few years ago and, and uh, you know, my wife said, well, what, do, what are we doing next in our lives? What's next? And I reminded her that at Disney, um, you generally either retire or die at Disney. You don't leave Disney, no one leaves. Uh, and so, and not by, you know, by choice. <laughs> People don't hold them there. But, uh, so I, I told her, well, I'm gonna work here and run the Magic Kingdom and retire and then we'll do what, what we're gonna do. And I thought about that question for the next year and we talked about it and it was such a terrifying idea to be in the same company for 26 years and then think you could go out and be an entrepreneur and you can go out and do, because there's a lot of things I'd never had to do before because when you have a place like Disney, you have so many resources and so much talent around you. And so um, my, you know, my father retired from Disney in 2006 and, and relaunched his career as an entrepreneur. So he'd been doing this. He'd written books and he does keynote speeches and created a website. And uh, so I went and talked to him and he's always been a great mentor. And he gave me a lot of confidence and said, you can do this. You have more experience than I do at Disney and I'll, I'll give you all my tips and tricks and, and, and go, you know, go and do this. And it was a calculated risk. You know, our, all our three of our kids are out of the house now. We're not disrupting their lives. And what put me over the top was Valerie telling me, I said, well, what if this doesn't work out? She said, well, then you just go get a job. So she was pretty cool about it. So what the idea is we want to take the, um, the, the technical things we've learned at Disney, the cultural things we've learned at Disney, and talk to companies about how they can put these things into practice in their organizations. And uh, every time I speak to a group, I always address that at the beginning. I know everyone's wondering, look, I'm an electric company, I'm a hospital, I'm a healthcare company, I'm an accounting firm. What does Disney have anything to do with what I do? And what I tell them is, first of all, you have customers, you have employees, you're trying to make money. So we have a lot in common. And then on top of that, um, it's uh, a lot of things I talk about, there's no cost to it. People say, well, Disney has unlimited resources. You can do whatever you want. You have Mickey Mouse, you have roller coasters, you have a vacation place. And that's a great thing to run, but when it comes to culture 
and it comes to leadership, um, there's not, it's, it's how you decide to act. It's not about the money. It's not you, 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 you uh, get people who are going to respect their employees. They're going to create this great culture. They're going to be problem solvers. They're going to work as teams. And then you, you create great results. So I think a lot of times people want the, the quick, easy way. Can I just hire somebody to do this for me? And you have to instill it in all your employees. Because once you instill it in your employees, they now understand their main purpose of why they're coming to work every day and your customers have excellent experiences and they come back and they recommend you and that's how business works. What do you hope that your kids learn from both you and Valerie and everything that you've accomplished in your careers? Yeah, I mean for us we were always parents. We wanted the best for our kids, I think as every parent does, and we wanted them to do really well, but we never told them what we expected them to do in their lives. They need to, they need to find their way and they're all very different kids. Um, so I think the biggest thing for us is um, instilling in them, you have to work hard and you have to learn that um, that's, and sometimes work is not going to be fun, but that's part of the ride. Uh, they all started working when they were 16 and we wanted to instill that work ethic in them. But we also wanted them to know you can do whatever you want in your life and your career. And I think a lot of pe parents get caught in this and a lot of people get caught. You want to define what success looks like. If you are making this much money or you work for this company or you get to this level, that's success. And I'm a big component or a supporter of run your own race. Only you can decide what success looks like for you. And don't be pressured by your parents. Don't be pressured by Facebook or Instagram when you see all these perfect lives. People don't have perfect lives. They take the perfect picture and they got a lot of issues going on too. And somehow we all think everyone has it better. So I think for them, it's, uh, you know, the world is such a, it's, I know there's a lot of tension today in politics and terrorism, but this is a great time to be in the world. The technology is just going so fast and there's so many great things happening and there's so many opportunities for people if they're willing to learn, be curious and put themselves out there. Yeah, I think at this point my after working for Disney for so long and making this leap to entrepreneurship, I, I think my wife and I are working harder than we've ever worked and we're having more fun than we've ever had. And so I think this idea is uh, you always want to think about disrupting things, thinking differently about things. Uh, once you get too comfortable, it's a dangerous place to be. And I, I really think people should think about getting these experiences. Um, I'll talk to a lot of college program students at, at Walt Disney World, and I'd, I'd meet with them in roundtables, and they were always talking about how long is it going to take for me to get to that position, or how do I get to that role? And I tell them, look, by the time you're ready for that role, that may be gone. So I don't think you work towards a job. You need to work towards the kind of environment you want to be in, the kind of people you want to be with, the kind of uh, uh, service you want to provide or the product you want to uh, provide to people. And once you do that, then just keep looking around for those traits and those environments, and it'll lead the way. Dan recently wrote a book titled, How is the Culture in Your Kingdom? In it, he talks about his failures and successes. He says he hopes that other leaders can use it as a playbook for problems they may face. The book is scheduled to hit shelves August 11th of 2020. Thanks for listening to this week's Inside OSU podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.